This episode is brought to you by ABC. Station 19 is back for its final and hottest season yet. Andy finally becomes captain, and she's going to give it her all to be the best leader this station has ever seen. Will she succeed? Get ready for fiery new romances and high adrenaline rescues. Watch the Station 19 season premiere tonight at a new time, 10, 9 central on ABC and stream on Hulu. Good morning, I'm Anna Palmer. And I'm Jake Sherman. And welcome to The Daily Punch, brought to you by Punchbowl News. It's Thursday, June 16th, 2022. Let's get into the mix. Here are your Washington headlines of the day. Number one, we've got some news on Usika. Number two, today's January 6th hearing. And number three, the latest on gun control legislation. All right, Jake, let's get into it. We are leading the top of Punchbowl News AM newsletter with the latest on Usika. Uh, kind of big changes here and a renewed effort to try and get something done before the August recess. Yeah, so this is a... Um, uh a big deal, let's put it that way. And underlying all of this, Anna, something you and I have been talking about around town the last couple of days, which is Yusika. Where the hell is it? <laughs> um, this has been kind of bouncing between the House and Senate for a long time. The House, the Senate passed this bill a year ago, a year ago. Um, so all of that said, um, uh, Yusika, if it doesn't pass before August, it's dead. Let's just be clear. It's not passing. It's not going anywhere. It's going to be dead if it doesn't pass before August. So uh, the leadership is urging negotiators to slim down the package and start focusing on things that can pass, um, jettisoning things like climate language, labor language, and trade language, all of which the two sides just simply cannot and will not find a deal on. Um this is going to be disappointing to a lot of people. Republicans are going to be pretty pissed off about the trade uh, language dropping. Democrats are going to be mighty pissed off, I would say, about climate and um, uh, labor provisions getting whittled down. But if you if they want a deal here, if they want a deal, they need to get this in motion. So we've heard the timeline is they need to get... Um, uh, a deal by July 4th in order to get it through the Congress by the end of July. This, set, this will set off a mad dash uh, in the next couple of weeks to get this done. And a big business is pretty worked up about this bill in a, in a, in a good way. They're pretty interested in this bill passing. I can't imagine they're going to be particularly happy here if this thing falls apart. I think that is a, a correct assessment. Uh, you know, I think when you look at this, I agree with you. The reality, right, is that if this doesn't happen before Congress goes out for the August recess, it would be extremely difficult to see a pathway forward, right? September is going to be dominated by trying to figure out a short-term funding bill, um, you know, and then kind of in the lame duck session, there's a lot that they're going to want to deal with that they have to deal with everything from government funding, potentially a debt limit discussion, um, the extension of Affordable Care Act subsidies. So, you know, you seek a, I, I, to your point, you know, this is the its moment. Uh, if there were a moment, I do think this is obviously, as we've talked about on this podcast before, a big priority for Chuck Schumer. This is something that he has wanted and has kind of shepherded through the Senate uh, for a while. So uh, 
on the on the topic of big business, you know, they they have been pushing on this and trying to get Congress to move for the past, you know, six plus months here, and they're gonna want something um, because you know they just feel like in terms of competition, in terms of you know supply chain, all kinds of things, and, and as we've talked about, you know probably, privately, and definitely privately. The point is, even once this does pass, it's not as if all of a sudden the chip shortage goes away. No. Right? This is really a planning for a five, ten year, um, you know, you have to build plants, all kinds of things. And so definitely going to be interesting to see if they can get something done here. Um, If there's one thing that I feel like is the theme right now is this effort between Republicans and Democrats to take on some of these big issues, but really narrow the scope, right? You see this happening on gun control. You see it happening on electoral reform. You see it happening on a lot of things that may not actually get finished or not, but it's less of let's try to take these big whacks uh, at legislation and actually try to find something that's doable. Yeah, um, I think that's exactly right. And the, the nightmare scenario for people who have worked on this for like, you know, a year, two years, whatever, is that they just, Republicans just, if this doesn't pass, Republicans just move to pass high-tech manufacturing money in a year-end funding bill. That's something we keep hearing chatter about. So um, uh, time to get to get on the stick here because this is going to be really, really difficult. All right, let's talk about the number two story of the morning. Uh, today is going to be another hearing by the January 6th Select Committee. It is going to be focused on former President Donald Trump's efforts to pressure then-Vice President Mike Pence to refuse to certify Joe Biden's Electoral College victory. Um, the issue really is at the heart of the deadly attack on the Capitol. It is promising to be a very dramatic day of testimony, Jake. Another dramatic day of testimony. Um, uh, Yes. So this is going to focus on the pressure campaign to get Mike Pence to do something he was never able to do, which is overturn the election. Um, The committee, this we're going to see a lot here from um, uh, Vice Chair Pete Aguilar, Democratic Caucus Vice Chair Pete Aguilar, who's a member of this committee, um, who's somebody who has uh, uh, taken an increasingly prominent role in the House Democratic Caucus in recent years. Pence is not testifying, of course, um, but the people that are testifying are people that were close to him. And that's uh, Greg Jacobs, his former counsel, and Michael Luddig, a uh, retired federal appeals court judge who advised Pence that that John Eastman's legal theory that he could basically overturn the the election in the Capitol was unconstitutional. It's also complete BS. Um, uh, Anna, I it's difficult to to i i think you and i both agree we have no idea what the larger implications of the january 6th committee are um uh w- politically but just it if you're talking about from a a completely tactical point of view i would say this is one of the best put together and executed um congressional hearings in in our career. I mean, I can't remember anything that was even close to as good as this. I I agree. We've I've been talking to people about this. I, I actually think, you know, typically when you go to these hearings and everybody's, you know, been and watched a zillion of them, um, you know, it's a lot of grandstanding. It's usually disjointed, a lot of different people saying a lot of different things, trying to get their moment for cable news. And this has been very um it's been very it's been executed in a way that uh you know i think is very tight it's very you know they they you 
they're using the testimony too, which is, I think, hard, you know, it's, it's, but it's pretty compelling. I mean, in the sense of kind of really cut, cutting to the dramatic moments to really make their case. Um, and in a way that, you know, when you think of it, all of a sudden, like, we're going to do six, seven hearings. And it was hard, I think, for me to think, how, how are they going to keep it so that people are still engaged, even though obviously the subject matter is critical? It, it is, you know, needs to, it's, it's, good that it's out there but i do think that it is to your point um it's been very uh, well executed i don't know that it makes you know ultimately a a big difference i think the different in terms of the short-term politics right republicans are basically saying they're not watching it they're focused on the midterms they're not focused on the past uh, we saw heard that a lot from republican leaders in both chambers um but i do think for capturing or for any of the people who are watching it they're certainly making their case also, and I just, it's stunning to me how, how effective the videotape testimony is. I mean, you're seeing Trump's allies, former employees of Trump, just say he's, everything he's saying is complete BS. And, and, and don't discount this. I was talking to a Republican yesterday in the Capitol who, who said that this committee is basically doing image rehab for a bunch of Trump people, which I thought was an interesting, <laughs> it was an interesting point oh, of funny. view. And this is not a very rabid Trump person that I was talking to about this, but, um, uh, I, it just, it's stunning to see this video testimony. All right, let's move to the number three story of the morning, um, uh, gun control legislation. And the top gun negotiators are trying to get to the finish line here. That's that top bipartisan Senate negotiators working on high-profile gun control bill. They have still failed, Jake, to reach an agreement uh, on legislative text as of last night, uh, but they continue to meet and are trying to finalize something before the end of the week uh, in order to try and get something done before that July 4th uh recess yeah the did the, the this is we're getting down to brass tacks here i think is the is the saying i never knew what that exactly meant but it's uh, i hear people saying it all the time uh so we are getting down to it um the um listen they're working out some some very uh tough provisions here um and i, I want to talk about the substance and the politics for a second the substance Basically, Cornyn, John Cornyn, the chief negotiator here for the Republicans, wants to be able to wants states to be able to use grant money, federal grant money designed for red flag laws for other purposes if the state doesn't decide to use to do red flag laws. So some other crisis intervention programs. Um, they're trying to work that out. Number two, the so-called boyfriend loophole. This is a a um, the ability for um, People who are, or the the government could could take away weapons from domestic abusers, basically. And Cornyn um, uh, wants to make sure that there aren't, there isn't the possibility that if you ha you dated somebody twenty five years ago, um, they're able to to lodge a complaint against you and prevent you from getting a gun. Now, I've talked to Democrats on this on this negotiating committee who believe. And this is the politics of it. Who believe that Cornyn is basically doing this to to for internal politics reasons, and these are bridgeable complaints, uh, bridgeable differences rather. Um, and it's all about drafting and and just getting some of the language in good shape here. All that said, um, you know, Cornyn has been for the last couple of days talking about all the things that he pushed out of this bill, uh, which I've always found really interesting. Right? Like it's like, oh, there's. 
I fought to have out the, you know, assault weapons ban, high capacity magazine limitations, where in reality, those were never part of these discussions. Um, It's good for Fox News and for the Daily Caller and some of the other those audiences that want to hear that Republicans are fighting. But like Chris Murphy went into this saying we're not going to be able to get that. And Cornyn said, you're right. I mean, so there wasn't really a fight, so to speak. Yeah, but to your point, that is all. It's it's the external yeah, politics in terms of the megaphone to the uh, you know Republicans through Fox and other channels. But it's also his internal politics, you know, in terms of making sure he wants to be the next leader of the House Repo- or the Senate Republican Conference. Yeah, it's all internal politics, and I, I get that, um, um, and that's fine, and, and and it's smart for him. I just want to, uh, I was just trying to give a little bit of context about what he's trying to do. Um, I, I do worry that this could drag on for too long. If I not, I don't worry, but if I were a supporter of this thing, I would worry. Um, that this is kind of taking too long. They got to get this passed before July 4th. I really do think so. I think it's just, it's just, it's just, you know. It's hard to see the momentum momentum. continue if if the further you get away. It just is unfortunate. But but Cornyn has said he has no artificial deadlines here and he's not going to play that game. But I think they all realize they got to get this done soon. Can't let this hang out. Yep, absolutely. All right, I just want to note for everybody, both Jake and I are going to be up in New Hampshire here uh, on June 28th. We are going to be talking to New Hampshire Republican Governor Chris Sununu. Obviously, big, uh, important state when it comes to 2024. Uh, We're going to talk about that, news of the day, all kinds of things uh, kind of facing states like his when it comes to inflation, uh, gas prices, and small business. So you can RSVP if you are one of our listeners up in the Concord, Manchester area. We'd love to see you in person, but you can also watch that virtually. I expect it to be pretty newsy. You can do that at our events hub at punchbowl.news. And with that, thank you so much for listening. We really appreciate it. If you can share about The Daily Punch, it's the best way for folks to find out about us. Uh, You can also subscribe to our free morning newsletter at punchbowl.news. Have a great day and stay safe.